Hello everybody, thank you very much for downloading this week's episode of the Cinema Catch-Up Club. This is just to let you know that the Cinema Catch-Up Club has an official Patreon page. If you'd like to become an official member of the club and get some bonus goodies, including early access material and bonus features only available to our patrons, then please join up at patreon.com forward slash ccuc podcast. And now for this week's episode. Hello everybody, and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club, the podcast for films that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host, Stephen Platt. Thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. And this week, we're going back to 1984 to watch a film as it turns 35 years old, The Karate Kid. As in the original one, not the uh, 2010 remake. Uh, Joining me to discuss The Karate Kid, we have, as always, someone who has seen the film and someone who has not. Our guest who has not seen the film, it's Dr. Carmen Dolly. Hello, Stephen. How are you doing, Carmen? (laughs) Yeah, I'm good, thank you, yes. The Karate Kid? Yes. What do you actually know about this? Pretty much nothing. Really? Um, I know wax on, wax off, Mm -hmm. because... Alan Rickman made a reference to that in Dogma, um, that Kevin Smith movie. Right. Um, I'm sure back when I used to watch Family Guy, there might have been some reference to it at some point. Undoubtedly, yes. Yeah, and then the only other thing I know is there was um, a movie they reviewed on Something Awful, which was basically a knockoff of The Karate Kid, but was not actually The Karate Kid. So okay. that's about all I know. But you're coming to this completely fresh, is Completely fresh, and yes. I'm assuming that you haven't seen the, the remake from 2010. No. No, okay. I have not, no. So, yeah, it's just one of those movies that slipped me by, and so I'm kind of keen to watch it and see what it what it entails. Well, that's very exciting. And joining us as our guest who has seen the film, it's Luke Jago, everybody. Hey, how you doing? Thanks I, for having me, Steve. I'm good, Luke. It's been a while since um, since we've seen each other. Yeah, um, too long. The Karate Kid. Yeah, this movie was... Uh, it's a classic, classic childhood movie for me and my family. Yeah, it was on pretty high rotation, you know, mm-hmm. in you know the old uh, video shop rental market and TV, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, we always enjoyed it. It's your classic tale of underdog, you know, just striving to beat, you know, the, the terrible odds, and you know, it's just really, I think it's just a really well-made uh, sports film. Mm. You know, that just, it, it, it ticks all the boxes, basically. Yes. Wait, no one told me this was a sports film. Well, you know, it's... Well, a, yeah, karate is karate, a sport. Karate, it's a sport, you know, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe that's a spoiler, I don't know. You oh, know oh. I mean, what do you think it's even about, Carmen? Like, uh, karate, obviously. who does karate yeah. and there's some kind of senior mentor who says wax on, wax off at yeah. some point. okay, okay, good. <laughs> I mean, well, she, she's nailed it. She, um, she has absolutely nailed <laughs> yeah. the brief, yeah. Um, so you first saw The Karate Kid as a child? Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you... Did you love it as a kid? Was it one of yes. those films? Yeah. Loved it as a kid. Probably, mm. I can't say I love it now. You know, mm. you can obviously, it's dated a bit. You can, you know, poke holes in it. It is, you know, pretty uh, manipulative as, you know, any good <laughs> rags to riches, uh, triumphing over evil sort of movie can be. Mm. But as a kid, just loved it. Yeah. You know, like, you just wanted to be Daniel LaRusso. You know, he, he thinks he knows it realizes he doesn't really know what he's doing mm. and you know there's bullies and you know getting beat up and he overcomes them and it's just mm. like everything you want as a in a film as a kid did it inspire you to do karate it did for like five seconds yeah and <laughs> did you did you actually get down to a dojo i think and... i got a book okay at a book 
Like my dad, <laughs> my dad used to do Taekwondo, so it's okay. like, you know, I, I didn't fully follow in his footsteps, but mm. yeah, it definitely made. I mean, look, yeah, after watching this movie, me and my brother were always kicking each other in the backyard <laughs> like there's no because that is one of the things that this I, I think is kind of an impact of this film is how many people who saw this film as, as ch- children yeah. then went I want to do some form of martial arts yeah um, totally like Top Gun you know yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean for me it wasn't the Karate Kid that did that though it was the cartoon Hong Kong Fooey that- <laughs> yeah right <laughs> there was a lot of uh, martial arts you know uh, themed entertainment back then wasn't there because I'm just yeah. thinking Mortal Kombat as well like my brother and I used to beat each other up in the house after mm. playing Mortal Kombat yeah um, it does seem like it was sort of a, an 80s early 90s yeah type. and things like uh, Monkey Magic yeah. which kind of bring oh. in that sort of mixture of like uh, martial arts with like Oreo Mentalism and, mm. and yeah, there's there's a there's a whole bunch of it. But I think the Karate Kid is kind of like the pinnacle of um, influencing yeah. kids to hit each other uh, <laughs> up until um, uh, wrestling in the nineties. I'm going to say yeah, then they were body slamming <laughs> each other and yeah, pile driving. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, with all that being said, uh, shall we watch the Karate Kid? We yeah, shall. Let's do it. Okay, and for those of you who are listening at home, uh, pop in your DVDs and get that wax ready as we watch the Karate Kid. Welcome back, everybody. We have just finished watching The Karate Kid. And by we, I, of course, mean Luke Jago. Hello. And Dr. Carmen Dolly. Hello. So, Carmen, yes. your first time watching The Karate Kid. It was. What did you think? Um, I thought it was a, it was a fun watch. Mm. Um, yeah, it was uh, Yeah, probably not a movie I would have watched if I had not seen it on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, it was fun. It was very 80s. Um, it's extremely 80s. It's extremely 80s. Mm. Um. I just don't know how well it holds up compared to other movies of that period. Mm. Um, and I'm sorry, I'm not sure if this is like a hugely nostalgic film for you, Luke, or anything. Well, it, or... Was. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Not, not so much now? <laughs> no, not really. I mean, I've, it's been a long time since I've watched it properly, like mm. from start to finish before I was like, I don't know, 10 or 11 mm. yeah. years old. And, you know, loved it back then because it was just karate. But I've just realised how little karate is in this film it's and just how, how long karate. it is and, yeah. it is, well, and how yeah. plodding it it's, is. It's, it's a two-hour film and yeah. I'm looking at it going, we we could trim this to, to a good 85 <laughs> yeah. and, and probably still have as much effect. It's I think there's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of, I guess, flab, a lot of excess mm. uh, on the, the body of this film, which... It's not necessarily that it's bad. It just feels like there's too much there for for the relatively yeah. simple story of kid learns karate to deal with problems in a new town. Yeah. Um, I do like how this movie has room to breathe. Like I do like that in movies where it's mm. you know just quiet scenes and and I mean everything with um, Mr Miyagi in it. I think is really good. Like he's mm. the star of the film. Like he yeah. he still make, makes it worth watching. And yeah, he's. Very engaging, you know, just as a simple character. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, some movies just do it a lot better than this one as far as just the quiet moments and, you know, le- letting you get to know the characters and the story. It is such... It's too simple a story to really do that with the script that they have, I think. Yeah. yeah. I feel like the writing and the cinematography don't 
particularly work it's very well. It does special. kind of seem to me like sometimes I just set the camera up. No rehearsals, just, okay, guys, have fun. Yeah. Mm. Oh, okay, that's that, good. That let's, works. Let's that's put that good in enough. Movie, yeah. Which, yeah. Um, it, it does feel a bit, uh, on the one hand, you know, in those first few minutes where he's he, he and his mum have moved to California mm. and, um, you know, he meets... What was it, Franny Fernandez, that guy at the beginning who just doesn't turn doesn't, up again? Yeah, yeah he just completely disappears. He's like, oh, I'm going to invite you to the beach party where you can meet the rest of the cast. <laughs> yeah. um, and that's it. But that conversation, it felt, you know, a bit stodgy and as though it was being improvised. Mm. But in a way also actually felt quite realistic. You know, it was a lot of uh, umming and ahhing and a lot of cool. So, oh, we'll go to the party. Yeah, sure. Like that kind of thing. It was, there was a bit of it where I was like, no, this seems like the way that some 14, 15 year olds in, in America would talk at that time. But at the same time, you're right, it did feel a bit unrefined. Yeah, maybe if they'd had more camera angles in there or mm. more shots of, of point of views to make it look a little bit more refined from like yeah. a visual point of view, then that dialogue would have worked. But it, just the way the dialogue sort of ran and mm. the camera just sort of was just following them, but you never really got to see you know, their engagement with each other. Like, it just it, it just felt kind of very last minute and very yeah, rushed, I Yeah, I feel guess. like the camera yeah. work wasn't really considered at all. Yeah, because no. no. there were some shots in this film and some scenes which are very well put together, uh, usually mm, with yeah. Mr. Miyagi. That that one shot where he's teaching Daniel to punch and he's wearing the, like, old American football gear. Yeah, and the sun behind. The sun behind them, the lake and the car yeah. and the camera's slowly panning back and it's about yeah. a minute long shot. Yeah. It's great. That's a really yeah. lovely shot. You would have set up all day for that shot. And, yeah. You know, rehearsed it. And yeah, and it's great. But yeah, it, it does feel as though. Between. Yeah, and mm. it feels as though, like that, and the tournament itself, I think, is shot pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. But all the stuff around it does feel a bit, eh, we'll just run around with the camera, see what yeah. happens. Yeah. Which yeah. is yeah. almost a shame, really, because. I, I've not seen this film since I was young as well. Uh, I, re- I remember certain bits like um, when he's trying to catch the fly uh, and yeah. then Daniel catches it and, you know, <laughs> beginner's luck, that kind yeah. of thing. I remember those bits and those bits were, as when I'm watching them, going, oh, yeah, this was really fun. Oh, he's going to make him wax the cars, etc. Mm. But there's a lot of stuff that you forget from this film because it is quite forgettable, to be honest. Um, a lot of his school stuff, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. just like... Just things like um, maybe, you know, the shots in the in the karate school where you've got like, you know, your bully and then the bully's teacher and they're supposed to be really intimidating characters. And yet, you know, the shot is just, again, just going back to the camera angles, it's just set up so that you just see the back of this guy's head mm. um, and you don't really feel any kind of intimidation or it's, he, it's just kind of there. He's and shooting it like a documentary almost. Yeah. Like he's standing way back and he's obviously zoomed right in on the action so you know they can stay away from the you know the blocking of the actors and Mm. everything and and it works for the tournament because that feels like a yeah Yeah, like a sports event i actually felt like i was was there yeah yeah but But, yeah for the other scenes yeah especially that one in in the cobra kai center blah and just kind of it's from the director of rocky you know which also feels like and you know very similar Mm. in you know it's a similar sort of movie you know Mm. a guy that you know wants to go up the ranks and you know whatever but um but that was felt like a documentary as well i just think it's a superior film because the writing was so strong yeah. and the character of rocky was uh yeah a really strong character very yeah. similar to daniel larissa as yeah. far as his origins and roots and stuff and felt kind of real from the street but um but yeah rocky's just a superior film and the director just seemed like he, all he had to do was just film Sylvester Stallone. they had a strong script and it worked in that situation, but yeah, yeah. not necessarily in this one. Would you like. say that the Karate Kid um, is lacking balance? 
<laughs> very interesting. That's the whole movie's pretty much about balance yeah. in the end, of it, which I didn't know as a kid. I mean, it's it's a cool theme. Um, but yeah, I do. I think I, it does. I, I agree. I think yeah. I think the the bits of this film which really shine, I think, are the reasons why this film has been remembered, because when it's good. It's pretty, pretty fun. It's, yeah, it's, it's, you know, like, yeah, and, you know, as much as we were laughing at, uh, you know, the fact that during the karate tournament, there's, you're the best around, <laughs> never, never gonna keep you down, is going. There's it, a reason that we're laughing because it's been parodied so, yeah. so often. You it's know, effective. It's, yeah. it's effective, though. Like, you're watching this and I'm like, you know what, this is a really good way to get through those early rounds of the tournament. Yeah. And like, you know, I'm, like, I'm sitting there going, yeah, Danny, you do it. You go. <laughs> Kick that guy in the chest or whatever it is you're doing. It's pretty decent choreography too. Yeah, the choreography I felt feels pretty real. Yeah, throughout the whole film, really, not just the tournament. It all felt quite good to me throughout. Mm. Um, I think we're just craving karate action. That is, I I think there's very little in. In in a way, though, that kind of feels like it's appropriate because of the training that Miyagi puts Daniel through. It's a good balance. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah, Daniel is very much. um, Daniel's there. You know, he's going in. He's getting. He's getting into karate for revenge, and he even says that. Yeah. And Miyagi is trying to teach him over the course of this film that you know that's not a good idea Uh, with revenge. You might as well dig two graves. That that sort of thing. And I I really was trying to put myself mentally in the mind of someone that hadn't seen this film before, uh, particularly at the time it came out, mm. if I was watching this film and we'd gotten 70 minutes or so in and all he's done is paint some fences, smoke some cars, I'd be like, who is this Miyagi? Who, who the F does he think he is? He's, he's rubbish yeah, teacher. Child and, labor. Yeah, but then mm. when you get that that um, that revelation in the, in the garden where he goes, you know, show me wax on, wax off, show me paint the fence, and it's the, all the movements that he needs to do for basic karate defense... Mm. I really liked that moment. Oh, how did it, how did it read for you, Carmen? I did really enjoy that moment, yeah. Mm. Um, it was nice to actually put some context to the few quotes from the film I actually knew. Mm. Um, and I figured there probably would not be a lot of karate training necessarily in it. Mm. Um, but it was a really nice like revelation scene. Mm. Um, I thought it worked quite well. Yeah. And in that sense, the karate kid is... The fact it has so little karate almost reflects the fact that it is more of a a meditation on on life, the lifestyle of karate, of about living yeah. with violence as a last resort. The yeah. philosophy behind it yeah. is, it, is in a, demonstrated in the, the yeah. lack of... Yeah. I think in a lot of ways this film actually does reflect it quite well. Yeah. But it doesn't necessarily make for a great film in I that case. I still want more. Yeah. I want yeah. more fighting and punchy, punchy. Yeah, I mean, and yeah. we did get some fights, you know, early on, the yeah. fight on the beach. Uh, we saw that radio get messed up by the motorbike yeah. and Johnny throwing it around. Big, yeah. bad, bully boy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just way, don't yeah. feel like it, it... I don't know, firstly, necessarily, if it got that point across very strongly. Like, I don't feel like Daniel, from my point of view, I don't feel like he learned a lot about karate being for defence because, you know, the way he got points was by hitting other people. Mm. You don't get points for defence necessarily. Um, but then the other thing as well is he's uh, he's not a really particularly likable character for me because he just sits around going, oh, you know, these bullies beat me up and they're horrible and this place is horrible. And it's like, dude, you escalated it or you initiated mm. it every single time. If you yeah. just walked away, this would not be an That's issue. That's something but I've yeah. pretty yeah. much only noticed this time around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How if much you, of an instigator. If you pour yeah, water on Johnny when he's in the bathroom, a, like, yeah. what do you expect? Like, dude, you're you're you going to get beaten up. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. And, yeah. and I think um, it is interesting looking at the character of Danny LaRusso because it, it's one of those characters that's so well known from the 80s. It's mm. one of those iconic characters. And he's 
kind of just a bit crap in a lot of ways. But, but again, yeah. I feel as though that's kind of the point is that he is this, you know, teenage boy, fish out of water, kind of like, um, you know, he's got a lot of life lessons to learn. Mm. Um, and we're sort of seeing the beginning of that process with him and yeah. Mr. Miyagi has become that that father figure, that additional parental figure, because he's really just got his mum, and his mum is depicted as being a little bit of a disaster in yeah, this film, yeah. where she's lovely and supportive, but, like, she's going from job to job throughout the film. Um, she's not really got a clear idea of everything that's happening. She's supportive. She's full of enthusiasm. And she's full of yeah. enthusiasm. <laughs> Wherever they go. But there's none of that discipline, which I think you then get with yeah. Miyagi. Yeah. We didn't really, we didn't hear about what his father's situation is maybe mm. in real life no. I don't think that wasn't even brought up it's like no. a Toy Story thing like yeah mm. we just don't even know yeah so yeah that I think works very well mm. because he I mean he's a cocky character you yeah know, he is this yeah. sort of character you can see being the shy introvert you know on any other script you know but this guy is like this typical Jersey boy from Jersey yeah. you know Full of confidence already, yeah. and mm. he just, I guess, has to get broken down and Which, build back. I mean, him. he does. Johnny and his gang break him down for like the first thirty minutes of this film. You know, mm. with the the fight at the beach, yeah. running him off the road on their motorbikes, yeah, um, Halloween the Halloween party. fight where yeah. they're all dressed as skeletons. Like, he he, I think like the first quarter of this film is just setting him up to like break down those kind of like sort of arrogant self confidence things he has and go, you have got a lot to learn and get him mm. into the position where he would then seek out that sort of help from yeah. uh, uh, someone like Mr. Miyagi. Mm. But um, even then, like, uh, uh, he's still just so enti- entitled, I guess is the word. Like, yeah. you know, you know, he, um, Mr. Miyagi does all these things and gives him all these gifts and everything. And it's never like, I don't think he ever says thank you at any point. He, he goes, you're the best friend I've ever had. But does he ever actually say thank you or I'm not entirely this is kind sure. of you so apart from like the, the bike at the beginning yeah I think that's about it and that's kind of what annoyed me as well was just it was just very much like I will take 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 and not really do much for anyone else in return hmm. um, and I mean maybe I'm just you know, comparing it to Back to the Future, which is such a great movie. But again, you've got Marty McFly, who's, you know, he's a cocky kind of arrogant character, but at the end of the day, he uses that to help other people. He uses it to help his parents. Mm. Yeah. He, he uses it really for the benefit change, of everyone else. Does he? Yeah. Marty, he he's just, he's just wholesomely good and yeah. trying to do the right thing. He doesn't yeah. have, really have an arc. Yeah. 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 I agree. This film is all about building up Danny LaRusso. Well, I mean, yeah. were you... Were you happy for him in the end when he won the fight? Were you rooting for him, did you find? No, or maybe I was not rooting as much? for Mr. Miyagi. More. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I, I think that's the thing, this film. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what the film does quite cleverly, is that, you know, it doesn't end on a shot of Danny with the trophy. It ends that's on a true. shot of Mr. Miyagi doing the, like, the gif of the bearded man yeah. slowly yeah. shaking his head in gratitude. Yeah, that's very true, yeah. Yeah. Um, And I think, yeah, they, they, I mean, because we follow Danny... But the second half of this film really becomes about Miyagi. It becomes mm. about finding out, you know, his his backstory is um, the fact he was married but lost his um, wife when she was um, giving birth in a in a Japanese internment camp yeah. in in the forties, um, and it's just massively tragic. Yeah, and it's I, something I didn't really remember. Yeah, as a kid, it kind of washed over me. Almost. Yeah, and yeah. the fact that he was obviously, he's ex-military, he was yeah. in, which I think is really interesting. It's something that I only clicked with this watching is both he and um, uh, the head of Cobra Kai, um, Kreese. Kreese. Yeah, yeah, are both ex-military. Yeah. Um, Kreese obviously is Vietnam because there's the picture on the mm. wall in the gym. 
and then you find out oh Miyagi's also ex-military true and yeah. seeing how they both took very different experiences from the war mm. uh, or the wars that they fought in you know because Kreese is very much about no mercy you know you go in for the kill you go in for this yeah. um, which you know is maybe an understandable thing that a Vietnam veteran may have <laughs> if they went and fought in that particular conflict um, and similarly you have Miyagi who was you know a Japanese American fighting in the 442nd um and clearly massively decorated soldier you can see from all of his um belongings in that scene where he's gotten drunk and fallen asleep Mm. um but the fact is that he didn't become bitter he didn't become hardened by the war in that sense um but but you know i mean he lost his wife and child i don't think i don't believe that happened to crease it's certainly not mentioned if anything like yeah. that happened to him mm. they definitely explore that rivalry in the sequels mm. with, with him and crease oh. right yeah just a little bit more it's not it's ridiculous i mean they're ridiculous mm. sequels and i don't recommend <laughs> them but, <laughs> but, but they do but look at it they do look at it yeah and it, they, i mean actually no look, watch them yeah. it's fun yeah. okay yeah they're good do, do they teach more um do they teach kids more about the japanese internment camps they do or? well it's set in japan they go back to miyagi's home okay. in japan and you meet his brother and um who's this kind of hot you know rich businessman of the area now and mm. you know trying to destroy things and knock them down and you know um yeah and then there's a a love interest as well that maybe Miyagi left behind maybe that Mm. happened after his wife or before his wife I don't Mm. know what must mean after okay so explore that stuff as well okay so Miyagi is really the central point of the sequel and maybe Danny teaches him a thing or two well I mean you think what else has Danny got to learn but apparently Miyagi's got a few tricks (laughs) up his sleeve for Danny to beat this other rivalry in the boy but the, the, the beginning of that film is very much it's, it starts exactly where this one left off, mm. in the car park, you know, like everyone's getting in their cars and stuff, and mm. Crease is not happy and starts some shit oh, okay. with okay. Miyagi. <laughs> and uh, then that's it. And then they revisit it again at the beginning of the third one, and they flash back to that car park scene again, but mm. this is that is all about Crease's revenge. He's been away for a while, and he just wants revenge on Miyagi. Mm-hmm. Karate Kid yeah. 3, Crease's Revenge. Yeah, it's that's what it is, basically. And it's yeah. it's probably the worst one, but mm. I loved it as a kid. How many were there? Were there three or there Three was in this series. There yeah. were three, and then there was the new Karate Kid, remake, yeah. which was a remake in the 90s. It, no, it wasn't a remake. It was literally a continuation oh, so of was Miyagi, a, yeah. his story. No LaRusso. No, it was just this Hilary Swank girl who he teaches... Okay. Again, set in that time in the in the 90s, whenever it was. Right, and so then and the then first proper th- remake is the Jackie Chan, Jaden yeah, Smith one. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, the Kung Fu Kid. Yes. In this particular film, um, we were saying before it does feel a bit flabby. I enjoyed the initial bits in the school where we see Danny, you know, and he's met Ali, and you know she's a cute 80s girl, and it's obvious they're going to end up together because she's the only female character that isn't his mum he's talking to, <laughs> yeah. um, really, and. And she's blonde. And she's blonde. They've got to end up together. Yeah, and she ends up with Marty McFly as well in Back to the Future <laughs> 3. So, um, yeah, it's it's really interesting. Um, I, I, I liked those bits in the beginning, but I felt that they were kind of interrupting a lot of the film later on. Like the stuff with her parents going, oh, darling, you don't need to be, dance with Johnny. He's quite nice. That kind of thing. It's, yeah. it's all, all that stuff. I was kind of like, uh, I just want to well, see some karate at this point. Like, like the whole class struggle. And yeah. The, I mean, it was, it was, it stuff. was important to kind of infuse that within yeah. Danny to be like, you know, he's, he's a kid from New Jersey. who's like, you know, struggling and, and trying to compete with all this. But at the same time, it did feel a bit superfluous. Well, okay. What happened? He like, so he sees what he thinks is, 
uh, Johnny and Ali making out, mm. and he gets taken aback by that and trips over in the kitchen mm. and gets messed up on the waiters, and then everyone just starts laughing at him. Everyone in the, mm. the restaurant, and then he the next time he sees Ali in the arcade, she's pissed off with him, with him. and he's pissed off at her, but because he thinks they're making out, but she's and he's. What, what is so she angry weird. about? I don't know. Well, I, I, was think it, I think that. it's because she, she saw him slip over. Then he just. Walks my my out. understanding yeah. is that because it's been some time between those incidents, he's probably he's not spoken to her, so he's probably just ah, right. been avoiding just her, avoiding Maybe, her. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I'm, that, I that, didn't that, even pick that, that, that was the interpretation I took. Right. And mm. even then, I was a bit like, okay. Um, I also just didn't really like the way they got together. There was it was kind of like a non-apology apology that he did, yeah. where he's like, "I'm a yeah. jerk." Forgive me. I'm like, no, Danny. We yeah. really, we really Made don't. Laugh. It's, it's not smile. even that. It's like I'm a joke. Forgive me. Yeah. I'm not hearing a no. That means yes. I was like, oh, she's like, no. Yeah. Yeah. It's just yeah. like, oh, that's that sounds. Like oh yeah. Forgive me. No, the, the boys in the background look like fun. Just go hang out with them for a bit. Yeah, just go with, go, go in the slidey pool. Time swim. Yeah, they would have been cold. That was the only yeah. thing I could think in that no, scene. No, it's California. Oh, true, true. Yeah. yeah. Um, so not a lot of karate, but the karate that there was was pretty good yeah yeah um i i but yeah it, it's just a weird film in, in a sense mm. that it, it is far too long it's yeah. it's it's a good half an hour too long um it is, yeah but but i still kind of like it it's it's yeah it, yeah I, it was, I loved sitting down and watching it again after all these years because mm. i mean yeah you, you know you can pick out its flaws but it was such a nostalgia rush as well. Yeah, like it I can did, imagine. Like it was like I was, you know, ten years old again, just on the holidays. You know, we've just rented it, and we all sit around and watch it. Yeah. And you just, as a kid, it didn't feel that long. You know, you got the skeleton, skeletal fight, which is what mm. I always look mm. forward to. That was my favorite yeah. bit. Yeah, just nine seconds of, uh, of just badass Pat Morita <laughs> punching people. Yeah. And then obviously the crane kick at the end is what yeah. it's all building up to. But um, the crane kick's an interesting one because it really mm. one the ending is very quick. It's literally he wins yeah. the fight, end credits. I uh, literally <laughs> blinked and I missed yeah. it. I'm like, wait, what? Freeze frame. But the use of the crane kick felt it makes sense, but at the same time, the way it's presented in Was the it? film yeah. doesn't feel as though it's going to be that important until he does it. Yeah. Because you see Miyagi practicing it, and then Danny goes off and practices it by himself. Mm. Um, and I understand why he does it because you know his legs messed up and he's been told, oh, you know this this move, if done right, is undefensible, yeah. uh, undefendable, yeah. and that's what ends up happening. Mm. Um, you know, good kick to the noggin for for Johnny. Um, mm. But I, I, for for me, it, even though I'd seen it before, it felt like it kind of came out of the blue. Did did it feel the same for you, Carmen? Yeah, well, like I said, like it was super quick. Like I did literally blink and miss what he did, mm. but then I didn't actually put until you mentioned it. I didn't put two and two together and realize that's what. Miyagi was practicing on the beach mm. um, yeah that just kind of completely flew over my head so maybe as mm. Luke's saying it does yeah. feel a bit unearned uh, yeah was um, it, I mean was it intended just that way so you kind of when it when he starts doing the crane pose it's all it almost comes at you like a bit of a surprise mm. and that's kind of the that's what keeps you in the film that's the surprise of the film oh he's gonna do the crane kick you know yeah. like mm. and it just it does come out of nowhere just so you weren't thinking about it or yeah. Was it just, yeah, like, and the, not really well developed? But. The crane kick is the thing that I think is, aside from wax on, wax off, is the most associated thing with the yeah. karate kid. It's it's that pose. It's, you know, whenever you see it in parody films or things like that, it's somebody stood on, like, wooden stumps at the beach, standing yeah. on a yeah. foot and getting ready to, to do those kicks. 
Um, it's yeah, it, it just it just kind of came out of the blue, and it yeah. was pretty um, fascinating. I feel like there were some moments maybe in part two where he teaches him this new sort of thing mm. that that helps him, which um, is more developed and. You know, like it because Miyagi is actually physically showing him mm. something like he was with the wax on, wax off, yeah. defense, and all that. Whereas it seems like he just Daniel just took, just went off on his own and thought, I, I can yeah. learn this cranky stuff on my own. I, I just by looking at what he did, you know, two days ago, I'm just going to do mm. it exactly mm. like that without Miyagi, any scenes of Miyagi actually showing him and getting him to mimic him or whatever. Maybe mm. That's it just comes out of nowhere. Maybe that's intended. Yeah. Do you have a favourite moment from this film? Turns are like a favourite set piece or scene. Uh, we'll start with you, Luke, because uh, you've obviously seen this film before. Yeah. Uh, as I said, as a kid, always look forward to um, Miyagi jumping the skeleton boys uh, um, from the fence. Mm. Um, just love that. Just love that this old man can just, you know, have, have the best of these young, you know, 18-year-old dudes and kick their butts. Always yeah. love that. Mm. And... Always loved the um, karate chopping the beer bottles on the car yeah. with, the, with the extremely racist um, drunks yeah, yeah, that's in a beach good. car park. Yeah, I yeah. believe they were called Yahoo 1 and Yahoo 2 in the credits. <laughs> yeah, right, really. Yeah, um, I love that. I particularly love, how did you know you could do that? Didn't. First time. I don't know. First time. Yeah. <laughs> Carmen, did you have a moment from this film that you were like, oh, actually, that was really good. I really loved this. The, the beer bottles did jump out at me. Yeah. I think also I quite like the painting the fence bit where he's like, oh, I'm almost finished. It's like just a pan shot of all the fences. I like, no, you're not. And then after and then that, both sides. Yeah, side. I'm done. Yeah, did you do both sides? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. absolutely oh, lovely. Uh, for me, um, I, I think it is that scene where Miyagi reveals what all the chores have been for. Mm. Um, I think that's just such a lovely and quite well written scene uh, yeah. and well performed. Like the because phys- obviously the physicality is super important, and mm. um, um, Ralph Macchio and um, Pat Morita just do so well in that scene of of that kind of like burgeoning master student relationship that they have it's it it's my favorite scene in that film i think it's beautifully done uh and also the um the excellent quip from one of johnny's gang the <laughs> must be take a worm for a walk week <laughs> yeah nobody laughs I nobody gives it yeah nobody anything. even acknowledges it yeah. Just, yeah and i never remember that line no. and i'm just <laughs> glad that if anything, I get to hear it anew tonight. Yeah. And we all looked at each other yeah. like, did he just say that? I think he did. And yeah. all our lives were a little bit better for yeah, him. Yeah, I'm rich. Would you guys like some trivia about the Karate Kid? Yeah, yes, all right. please. The yellow classic automobile that Daniel polishes in the famous Wax on Wax Off training scene and then later gets given as a pretty amazing birthday present. <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. Um, was then actually given to Ralph Macchio by the producer. Oh, nice. Yeah, so he still owns that car. It's a 1948 Ford Super Deluxe for those playing at home. Oh, man. I wonder if he used it in the new show, the Cobra Kai show. Well, I mean, that's something that we we haven't really discussed, uh, partly because I haven't seen it, but the YouTube Red series, Cobra Kai, which is all about... um, They've each got their own dojos, right? Yeah. Daniel LaRusso and My understanding is that it's it's Johnny Lawrence re-setting up the the Cobra Kai gym. Okay. Yeah. Um, he's and, the other teacher. Yeah, yeah. And I know that Ralph Macchio's in it. I just don't. Mm. I haven't seen it. Have you seen it? Luke? I I have not. But I've actually heard really good things about it. Mm. Like you don't even have to be a fan. They kind of. It's a little tongue in cheek. Apparently, mm-hmm. like they they understand what it is that they're referencing, and they have a bit of fun with it. But apparently, it's quite well written as well. Mm. And okay. um, the the playful rivalry comes back between Johnny and Daniel and. 
you know, like they still remember their fight that they had together mm. and, you know, hey, that, that high kick on the face, that borderline <laughs> illegal move, you know, mm. like things like that. Because <laughs> yeah. you can kick in the head, but maybe, apparently maybe not, not the face. face. Yeah, okay. so there's all these things going yeah. on. But um, I reckon I'll probably end up checking it out, especially <laughs> after tonight. Uh, yeah, this. Uh, my understanding is that it uh, is potentially having a second season as well. So oh, okay. I believe um, the, the only sort of feedback I've heard is friends that have seen it. And they've generally said, yeah, it was pretty good. Because yeah. I think the impression when it was announced was, sorry, you're doing a show <laughs> about <laughs> the Cobra Kai gym. Yeah. Um, but apparently it's pretty good. Okay. Yeah, so, that's yeah. what I've heard. Yeah. Uh, the studio wanted to drop the drunk Miyagi scene, feeling it slowed the pace. Well, I mean, there's a few <laughs> other scenes <laughs> that could have pointed out. Yeah. Um, yeah. You could the, take out before that scene. I yeah. thought that was quite important. The director, John Avildsen, argued for it and felt that that was the scene that got Pat Morita nominated for the Oscar. Uh, he was nominated I for an Oscar for this he role. Was nominated. Mm. Yeah. I don't believe he won, don't he but won, no. he was. Yeah, he was nominated yeah. for this role. Yeah. And it's a great role. Um, a, yeah, I just I feel like he did a lot with it, but there maybe wasn't much for him to do, like in terms of the writing. Like that scene mm. was great, but apart from that, like he didn't really have a lot to do really it was just all about Daniel yeah. um, he did have the best moments in the film though yeah, I think, yeah. If, if any which oh, yeah, yeah. He certainly did have makes the up best for moments, lack of yeah. scripts and, mm. yeah. yeah now Carmen if I was to ask you how old do you think Ralph Macchio was when they filmed this oh god how old do you think he was? Oh, look, I'm terrible at this kind of thing. We saw um, Detective Pikachu the other day and I was like, so what, the Lee's like 14? Nope, he's working in a legal firm and it's his 21st birthday. Um, oh, see, he looks about 14 to me, but he must be older than that because he's driving. And hmm. um, oh, 22. Bang, Bang on. on. Oh. Ralph Macchio was 22 oh when they filmed God, this. Oh, my God, I feel But old. he doesn't look... He no, does that, look that first shot when it pulls up, and I, I had this bit of information in my head, and I was like, God, he... No, he's no. A, he looks half that. That's He's so young looking. Yeah. He's just... So and he's he, it's a something tiny that, thing. Yeah, and yeah. it's something that's kind of carried on throughout his life, as yeah. everyone goes, wow, Ralph Macchio just looks super young basically well, his entire life it's so funny always remembered especially from part two to part three because no time has passed between those movies but part three he is like clearly overweight and 30 like, oh. okay <laughs> and like not even weeks have gone by in the yeah. actual timeline of the film it's mm. just so funny to always oh, watch dear. that mm. uh pat marita himself designed the bonsai logo that was sewn on daniel's g cool. oh nice mm. yeah iconic it's a logo Mm. Um, when Mr. Miyagi is drunk and celebrating the anniversary, he reveals that he served in the 442nd Regiment Combat Team in the U.S. Army. Uh, this unit was comprised mostly of Japanese Americans, many of whom had previously been in the internment camps uh, and fought in Europe in World War II. It is um, sorry, it became the most highly decorated unit in the history of the United States military. Wow. Um, just to give you an idea, the real-life 442nd has received the following uh, 21 Medal of Honor awardees, um, including uh, a Hawaiian senator called Daniel Inui. Uh, it also has received 52 Distinguished Service Crosses, 560 Silver Stars, 4,000 Bronze Stars, and 9,486 Purple Hearts. Wow. No. They are the Cobra Kai of the army. They are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no kidding. Yeah. They, wow. they, yeah. So, yeah. Well, also, it was a pretty distinguished um, regiment, but mm. again, maybe one that 
is not necessarily talked about that much historically because no. they were Japanese Americans. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that should be a topic on the podcast I listen to, which is Stuff You Missed in History Class. They mm. do a lot of, um, well, Stuff You Missed in History Class. Um, mm. And I feel like it should have been if it's not already. Yeah. I have to write in and suggest that if it, I'll search the archives. Yes. Yeah. Um, the referee of the final match is Pat E. Johnson, a karate expert and former student of Chuck Norris. Oh, yeah. wow. Uh, he instructed many of the movie stars in karate. He is credited as a fight instructor slash choreographer for this film. Nice. Yeah. And With a, a very, pretty serious mustache. Very serious yeah. mustache. <laughs> if you train under Chuck, you have yeah. to you have to have some sort of pretty serious facial hair. Yeah. I think that's the rule. Well, I'm trying to emulate him mm. right now. You're either a karate instructor or you're playing in Queen, <laughs> either way. <laughs> um, William Zabka, who plays Johnny, had no martial arts training prior to being cast in this film, Ooh. but was an accomplished wrestler. Oh. That's surprising. He's yeah, just really he really sells it. very confident, yeah. yeah. I mean, that was the thing, was that these guys really did karate quite well, and mm. I think that's part of the reason why this film works, is... I'm looking at those fights going, ooh, yeah. ow, yee, like yeah. that kind of thing. Like, that would smart. And and they, they look the part. And Johnny in particular not wouldn't want to fight him and four of the skeleton dudes at no. all. He just looks very intimidating. Yeah. yeah, I think the sound design in those fights is something that no one really talks about. But it's, it's pulled back a lot, which mm. makes it sound more violent, I think. Just those yeah. little naps on clothing kind of sounds, yeah. which, um, yeah, just I think sells the hits a lot more than your yeah. usual you know sort of mm. stuff that you get in yeah. everything else mm. the skeleton fight scene endured numerous takes because the actors complained that pat marita's stunt double was hitting them too hard uh, which caused them to lose some of the choreography and authenticity uh the stunt double uh, fumio demora told the director that he, if he used his own students they would get the shot in one take the director agreed they shot the fight scene successfully in one take. Good. <laughs> Luckily, they're all dressed with heavy makeup. Yeah, and mm. face paint. Yeah. Uh, also, Easy. one of the uh, doubles is a descendant of the uh, legendary King of the Frontier, Davy Crockett. Oh, okay. The actual Davy Crockett. Yeah. The actual Jebediah Springfield. Yeah, the actual Jebediah <laughs> Springfield. There you go. That's cool. Um, Toshiro Mifune auditioned for the role of Mr. Miyagi. Uh, Mifune is a um, very famous Japanese actor from uh, you know films like Rashomon, Seven Samurai, okay. uh, very very famous um, Japanese performer. According to the director in DVD commentary, he said that Mifune was great in the audition, but felt that his Miyagi would have been too serious and too much like the samurai warriors of the Kurosawa movies. Okay, yeah, um, good move. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that brings a real lightness. Yeah, mm. there is a slight levity to what yeah. he's doing. You know, things where it's like. Um, Oh, you you could win the tournament, or I could die. Problem solved both ways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Either way, it's good. Yeah, it's um. Yeah, I think I think they probably made a good call there. Although, I'm sure Mifune could have been fantastic. Mm. Um, according to Joe Esposito, "You're the Best" was originally written for Rocky Three. Uh, which explains the lyric history repeats itself uh, the song had been rejected in favor of survivor's eye of the tiger ironically survivor also performed the theme song at the moment of truth for the karate kid oh right. okay but yeah, yeah yeah that kind of like rocky karate kid connection very much yeah. uh, very though, imbuing yeah. lots of things uh, i would say though that i think um, you're the best was was maybe the better <laughs> Yeah, it's a good song. Yeah, yeah Eye of the Tiger's catchy. pretty good uh, Eye of the tiger i feel is better for rocky you're the yeah. best yeah. suits this film more yeah 
Um, William Zabka continued his karate training and became a second-degree green belt. Oh, so oh, he really one. liked it. Yeah, good on you. Um, at the time, Columbia Pictures was owned by Coca-Cola, which insisted on its products appearing on screen. Ralph Macchio objected to that, especially having to say Minute Maid in the breakfast scene. In Miyagi's <laughs> workshop, he deliberately covered the Sprite logo with his hand, so they made him reshoot the scene. <laughs> oh, God. Um, Ralph, uh, in the version that's in the film, shows the Sprite logo for the shortest time he can get away with. Wow, at 22, he's already a crusader. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Well, I mean, he, commercially. I mean, Ralph Macchio's not really... <clears throat> a, I would say a big film star like his career didn't really continue on from the karate no. kid he has yeah. been in things but it's usually as Ralph Macchio yeah, as a cameo yes. yeah, like. and it could be possibly because he wasn't willing to play ball maybe mm. hey, I did notice cool. when they were doing the, the montage of uh, him and the girlfriend in the um, you know doing all the various 80s activities and mm. then they were drinking the cool drink out of the cups like that was just very obviously a generic cup and i thought that was interesting mm. i don't know if that has anything to do with with the actor Did, uh, or ralph just... have a little saying yeah, that I don't know. i'm not sure if cold drinks are brand i'm, I'm just gonna hold it yeah. so you can't see uh martin cove who plays the john crease character was rumored to have replaced chuck norris uh oh, who wow. allegedly turned down the role because he didn't want karate trainers to be shown in an unsympathetic light not. Mm. norris has since said that he was never offered the role but that he would have declined it for that reason yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> Um, speaking of people who turned down roles, uh, Charlie Sheen turned down the role of Daniel LaRusso. Really? Yeah. That would have been an interesting film. Young Before, Charlie what Sheen. Did, what had he done by then? Wall Street? Had he already done that? We're very close to that. I'm just trying to picture what Charlie Sheen looked like in 84. I think it was, may have been even prior to that. Because he did Platoon in 86. And yeah. He still would have looked he way would... too old for a high school student, I, th- I think. Yeah, I think so. But, uh, but, but he was you know, pretty young. Yeah. Oh, definitely. We'd no, have been on like the borderline 20s. of acceptability, I think. Yeah. Uh, but also, I just don't really think he would have been that good as the Karate no, Kid. I don't think so. No. Um, Kyle Eastwood auditioned for the role of Daniel LaRusso. When he failed to get the part, his father, Clint, <laughs> um, banned Coca-Cola products from all of his movies. Ooh, wow. Some sour grapes. Yeah. <laughs> still? Um, well, I don't know if he still does Off it. To the but... mule, no Coke in the mule. <laughs> You know why? Yeah. The, you, can we have Coke on this cowboy film? No, they're no. still unforgiven. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Um, former screenwriter Dennis Paolombo said that when he was offered the screenwriting job for the film, he reacted to the offer by saying he'd be, quote, willing to do it if Daniel LaRusso lost the fight at the end, end quote. Uh, Palumbo mm. explained his reasoning. You can't have Mr. Miyagi tell him it doesn't matter if you win or lose for 90 minutes and then have him win. Uh, he went on to say, but, you know, I'm a moron. They made four sequels to that movie, so obviously <laughs> I was wrong. <laughs> I think he's got a point, though. I'm kind of kind of agreeing with that a bit. Yeah. yeah, I think it could have been good. And, you know, at the end when he's, you know, he's injured and um, his mum and, and Ali with one eye are in mm. the, the, the changing room with him and going, but you, you did it, you know, you yeah, proved your already, point. Yeah. You've done really well. Mm. Like, it could have been, it could have been it, nice. It could have been, yeah. Mm. It just wouldn't have... It wouldn't have felt the same. No, it but, wouldn't have felt the same. No. Like, it's... And then we wouldn't have the crane kick scene, so we wouldn't. <laughs> that's true. And then you'd probably no sequels. Mm. Yeah, it gives him something to fight for in the sequels. I know you got to. Oh, you got. You know what? Like this. This shows um, Ralph Macchio's kind of uh, like he's he's against commercialism, Coke, what, mm. whatever. And also, as far as uh, the sequels, like uh, Elizabeth Shue didn't return yep. for them, uh, just like Back to the Future. You know, mm. didn't return for those. 
and they replaced her character there's love interest in the second one a japanese girl who you know he has to fight for and the third one they have a love interest who was going to be a love interest totally new girl that because at ralph macho's insistence decide they decided that they'd make her a um a platonic friendship because he'd just okay. recently been married mm. and he just didn't want to be kissing on screen and yeah. didn't want to have that sort of thing so his actual personal you know situation at home you know he was able to filter that into the okay okay into the movie and they just said yeah that's fine yeah. i mean you know he had that negotiating power yeah, at that point. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just, uh, it's just so funny because he's kind of protecting her in, in certain scenes, mm. but it just solved one conversation that they have about, you know, oh, yeah, I'd like this guy, I didn't really know. He's like, yeah, me too, I like this girl. Well, you know, and they solve it in a conversation like they're yeah. definitely not getting together mm. and that was something they stuck to. So, yeah, he, um, yeah he's got his things. He's okay. the karate kid. You don't mess with him. don't. Yeah. In the opening scene, there's uh, some kids chasing the car down the street, waving goodbye. Uh, they were all actually from the neighbourhood that they were Ooh. filming uh, that scene in. They were hanging around the set and interfering with the shoot. So the director <laughs> offered to put them in the film if they'd leave the crew alone. <laughs> that's good. It yeah. works. You know, it's it works. like community jersey. Yeah. You know, yeah. Sounds like how they got Jawas in Star Wars just to, to shut the <laughs> Oi, Jawas. kids up. <laughs> I was thinking they actually had Jawas, you know, yeah. and they just, <laughs> instead of stealing and selling their shit, they like, we'll put you in the movie, all right? Mm. Um. Tournament semi-finalist Daryl Vidal had a lot more involvement in the film than just as a tournament participant. Uh, it was Daryl who came up with the crane technique, um, okay. and he can be seen doubling Pat Morita when he's practicing the move on the wooden stumps in the beach scene. Ooh. He also helped with a lot of the choreography, including his own fight scenes, and still owns and runs a martial arts school to this day. Oh, cool. Okay. So again, just more martial arts credentials for yeah. the karate yep. kid. <laughs> Uh, And the final bit of trivia here. In the 30 years since the film was produced, numerous child psychologists and sociologists have theorised that Daniel is more of a bully and instigator than Johnny. Thank you. (laughs) There we go. Thank you. This is due to many of the scenes involving Daniel standing up for himself, in fact being acts of retaliation against something Johnny has perceived to have done to Ali. Johnny is also observed in many of the early confrontations with Daniel, trying to leave and walk away from conflicts with Daniel, only to have Daniel stop him, and in one scene, sucker punch him. (laughs) Daniel's shower prank on Halloween also seems to be completely unprovoked. Uh, Lastly, Daniel has little to no knowledge of karate tournaments, um, and that actually makes him a danger to others, uh, in that he could injure someone by not knowing the allowed moves in a tournament setting. And he did. To the face, borderline. Yeah, oh, I'm glad I agree with yeah. many child psychologists. That's, then. It's yeah, not that's just great. me. Yeah. He's, oh, I mean, funny. it's true though. Like yeah. you watching it for this first time, we're kind of like, he does seem like a bit of a dick. Like yeah. he's, he's yeah. not, he's not quite. But was that like you said? Was that intentional to to kind of? Is was that his arc? You know, like mm. stop being a dick, learn about balance, and. Maybe. You know, Maybe. But I, I, just, I feel like if that's clear. the arc, it's just not, yeah, like you said, yeah. it's not clear enough. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, like not knowing the stuff about the tournament settings, it's partly on Mr. Miyagi as well. Yeah. Because he's like, I don't know, I've never done one of these before. <laughs> yeah. But it's a very valid point. Yeah. yeah. I just yeah. said I'd train you and throw you into this tournament to get out of that dojo alive. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Miyagi board. Yeah. Um, so all that remains is to score the film. Uh, Carmen, we'll go to you first because it was your first time watching The Karate Kid. What would you give it out of 10? Uh, I'm going to go five uh, 
shower costumes for Halloween out of 10. I mean, I did like that costume. <laughs> it was a great costume. I'm, I'm thinking I might use it at some <laughs> point because it was... It's, if you need a bit of privacy, the conversation's boring, just pull that yeah. curtain across. <laughs> just don't try and, you know, run away from a prank that you do. Because yeah. A water-themed prank. Yeah. Who did that? I think it's the guy dressed as the shower, Johnny. <laughs> and I think I just realised that Miyagi made that for him. Like, I never... I've forgotten He did. That. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In, in the previous scene, bits of that costume... You can see it in the background. Yeah, mm. in the background. And he's like... He's and he there? says it, like... Daniel says it, like, oh, my friend made it for me. But I never... I didn't hear that, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's like, good on you, Miyagi. That's he fixes bikes, <laughs> he makes costumes. Yeah. Oh, he's he is the best friend that Daniel's ever had. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what are you going to give this film, Jago? Uh, I'll give it six and a half potentially illegal crane kicks to the face. Uh, and that's just the extra points for the, you know, the, the good choreography and the nostalgia that brought, came with it for mm. me. Um, yeah, six and a half. You know, I mean, it's still pretty solid as a good, good little watch. Yeah, look, my sort of overall impression is this isn't a bad film, um, but it's... I, I don't think it has aged well. And mm. I think no. when it's good, it's very good. And when it's bad, it's kind of pants. And there's <laughs> there's kind of... I think there's slightly more mediocre to bad than good in this film. But yeah. it's still worthwhile watching, I'd say. I think yeah. it's, you know, particularly if you haven't got something to do for two hours, I'd say. The rainy, rainy Tuesday rainy afternoon. Tuesday would be perfect. Yeah, yeah. Um, by all means, give it a watch. Um, but I also feel as though this sort of story is something that has been done much better since, but probably yeah. because this was one of those films that kind of instigated that, you yeah. know, like this and Rocky yeah. are the films which really kind of do a good job of kind of teaching how to tell good under- underdog stories. So it's a very important, um, it's a very important lesson uh, in how to wax on and wax off in these yeah. particular tales. Yeah. So I will give it six, um, take a worm for a walk weeks out of 10. Um <laughs> Just, worms I, on a leash. Yeah, I love that insult. Also, worms don't walk. It's just a bad insult. Yeah. It's a bad you insult. Uh, but that's all for this week. So, uh, Luke and Carmen, thank you very much for joining me on this episode. Not at all. Thank you for having us. Thank you. And for those of you listening at home, thank you for listening in. If you would like to subscribe and get these episodes each and every week, you can do that. Just go to iTunes or SoundCloud or any other podcasting or podcatching services and hit the subscribe button. We're also on Facebook where you can leave us a message. Maybe tell us your favourite uh, illegal karate manoeuvres. Uh, just go to Facebook and search for the Cinema Catch-Up Club there. And we have a Patreon where you can get extra bonus features. Uh, just go to patreon.com forward slash CCUC podcast. But that's all for this week. So until next time, you're the best. Around. No, never, never gonna keep you down. You're the best. Around. Never, never gonna keep you down. Are there any other words to that song? <laughs> that's all I know. And that's okay. all I care about. <laughs>